Hello and a warm welcome to the main Nice to See You to See You Nice podcast. I hope you're all well. This is your overview of any new or changed guidelines from NICE for the month of May. Our podcast is in conjunction with the NICE Guideline Monthly Newsletter, which is distributed to all North Norfolk clinicians. My name is Emma Smith and I'm an Advanced Nurse Practitioner and the Director for Clinical Services and Quality for North Norfolk Primary Care. And I'm here with my podcast partner, Emma Lambon. Hello, as Emma said, my name is Emma Lambon and I'm an advanced nurse practitioner and the board nurse for North Norfolk Primary Care. So this is your monthly snapshot in an 8 to 10 minute, easily accessible podcast that will keep you up to date and highlight any new changes to the NICE guidelines which are applicable to all of us in primary care. So let's kick off and have a look at what's new this month. Okay, so in this month's newsletter, there is a replacement of two recommendations with the rapid COVID-19 guidelines on advice to give people who have COVID-19 and their families and carers. This links to the UK Health Security Agency's guidelines for people managing symptoms of respiratory infection. It really focuses on the support for mental health well-being um, and helps to alleviate fear and anxiety that they may have as a result of COVID-19. Signposted is recommended to charities and support groups, which includes NHS volunteer responders, to NHS Every Mind Matters and to the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child's Health Resources for Parents and Carers. There are um, infographics available to download and print in all languages, including Russian and Ukrainian. There is an addition to, of a link to the UK government's information on the COVID-19 vaccination programme to the section in discharge, follow-up and rehabilitation. The recommendation is for people with pre-existing advanced comorbidities um, that has been deleted because finding out whether, or, whether they have advanced care plans or advanced decisions to refuse treatment as part of routine care. Okay, great, Emma. So thank you for that update. Um, Let's move on now to the new guideline, which aims to increase the uptake of all vaccines provided in the UK immunisation schedule. Um, This is called NG218 Vaccine Uptake in the General Population, and it was published on the 17th of May this year. It goes some way towards supporting the NHS long-term plan, which includes actions to improve immunisation coverage by GPs, um, as detailed in the 2022-2023 GP contract, um, and it supports a narrowing of health inequalities. It covers service organisation, for example, having a named vaccine lead, and also making vaccination services accessible and tailored to local needs by examining the key barriers to vaccine take up um, and population groups that are known to have a low vaccine uptake or be be at risk of a low uptake, such as people from the Gypsy, Roma and Traveller communities and people who are homeless. Invitations, reminders and escalation of contact and recording of vaccine administration is also covered in this guideline. Okay, Emma, so um, in the guidance and from your experience, when are the key times recommended for identifying people who are eligible for opportunistic vaccination, Emma? Um, So for us in primary care, we should be considering um, at time of registration to general practice Um, during the annual learning disability health check for people with learning disabilities, on admission to care homes and supported living settings, uh, any contact with home educated children, any health service contact with people who are homeless, and when new migrants, including asylum seekers, arrive in the country. 
This guideline asks when we offer a vaccination, we record it in the GP record, whether that be as accepted or declined, or even if there was no response. There's also a lovely visual summary for both pregnant ladies and children and young people for invitation, reminder and escalation of contact. Um, and these can be sourced from either our newsletter or the guideline itself. Brilliant. OK, thanks, Emma. So now moving on to a new guideline or information about a treatment called Sleepio, which is to treat insomnia, insom insomnia and insomnia symptoms for those patients in primary care. Um, it is a new um, development and it's recommended as a cost saving option for treating insomnia and insomnia symptoms for people who would otherwise be offered sleep hygiene or sleeping pills for us in primary care. Um, and this may be people who are at higher risk of sleep disorders, conditions, um, or those in pregnancy or people with comorbidities. Um, and obviously a medical assessment should be done before referral to um, the Sleepio programme. So Sleepio is a digital self-help program that includes CBTI. It should therefore increase patients' access to CBTI. It also increases options available to GP in treating insomnia and advising patients with insomnia. Clinical evidence shows that Sleepio reduces insomnia symptoms compared with sleep hygiene and sleeping pills. There's no direct evidence of its effectiveness compared to face-to-face -face CBTI. Um, so further recommendation from NICE is um, coming from this sort of aspect, really. Um, it quotes that the price is £45 per person, so considerably a cost-saving compared to the usual treatments in primary care. And this is based on an analysis of primary care resource and used data before and after CPO was introduced in nine GP practices. So hopefully it may well be spread a, a little bit more widespread um, with regards to helping patients with these conditions. Healthcare costs were lower at one year, partly because of fewer GP appointments and less sleeping pills or no sleeping pills prescribed. Mm, interesting. Thank you, Emma. OK, and moving on to another item which is of clinical interest now. Um, this month's advice has been published by NICE relating to granulox, a new technology with haemoglobin oxygen for managing chronic and non-healing wounds. Um, so the innovative aspect is that unlike other oxygen delivery technologies, it's designed to allow oxygen to diffuse through wound exudate. So this new technology is a topical sterile haemoglobin oxygen therapy spray for chronic and non-healing wounds. It's sprayed onto the wound bed after debridement and before the relevant dressing is applied and will transport oxygen to the base of the non-healing wound to support wound healing. So it could therefore be utilised in wounds in primary care such as diabetic foot ulcers, venous leg ulcers and pressure ulcers. And it can be used in various settings without the usual costly consumables like electrical power or full body coverage in a chamber. So therefore, the intended place of therapy would be alongside standard care for people with chronic non-healing wounds. Um, the cost of granulox is £125 per canister, which will give up to about 30 applications, depending on the size of the wound. So let's hope we see this product pretty soon on our formulae. We'll keep you posted. Brilliant. Thanks, Emma. So I think that's it for this month. Thank you again to all of you for listening. If you have any suggestions or comments on this podcast, how it's delivered, um, please do contact us via the NNPC website. 
It would be great to hear from you, whether positive or negative or constructive criticism to ensure that we're providing you with information which you find useful. So it's goodbye for now. Bye until next month. Bye.